Welcome to the Do Hard Things podcast with your host, Jay Teagues. Are you ready to amplify and improve your life? Then you're in the right place. On this podcast, we have unfiltered conversations with inspiring people who take on challenges and are here to share with us their wisdom from their journey. We talk about how doing hard things enable all of us to adequately deal with life struggles and challenges and to ultimately improve the quality of our lives. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Do Our Things podcast. I'm your host, JT, your certified high-performance coach, founder of the Do Our Things Nation, and I'd like to welcome you to another episode. I have in studio with me, uh, Mark Meinke. How are you doing, Mark? Hey, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to, great to have you here. Uh, but before we get into today's uh, great conversation, just a couple housekeeping notes. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and smash that subscribe button so you're notified of future episodes. And uh, we're on all platforms. And uh, if, if you didn't know, we're also on YouTube. So go check out the uh, the YouTube content if you want to see us. And uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, check us out on the, the podcast. And uh, make sure that you leave us a uh, take a few minutes and leave a review. They go a long way to expanding the uh, the reach and tweaking the algorithm there. And uh, if this episode inspired you or you know someone that could benefit, ask you to take a screenshot and share it with someone. Uh, because there's no doubt the content that we talk about today, the conversation that Mark and I are going to have, are going to be able to help someone. And uh, that's the whole mission here at the Do Hard Things Nation is talk about relevant topics that can help other people. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Lions Guide Leadership Academy. So being the one in charge can be incredibly overwhelming. And without the right support, you might feel like you're hardly keeping up with demands. You can struggle to staff, retain, and maximize your team, and maybe even find yourself overwhelmed rather than confident. It doesn't have to be that way. And Lions Guide has helped leaders like you gain confidence, accomplish more, and earn the personal freedom that you sought to achieve. We can help you. We have an online academy, group coaching, one-on-one coaching, and organizational workshops. I am one of the coaches there. I'm the high-performance coach. Uh, but uh, uh, the Lions Guide can help you solve whatever problem that you have. So go check out www.lionsguide.com or reach out to me directly to learn more. We're also brought to you by UARD, the University of Applied Research and Development. Uh, helping veterans obtain their bachelor and master's degree in emergency management. You can study abroad in New Zealand for a short trip or up to three months. It's fully funded by the VA. You can use your voc rehab, GI Bill benefits, and this is specifically for veterans. And the intent is to earn your bachelor or master's degree within one year. It's non-traditional and it's a great way to experience New Zealand. And uh, if you have any questions about that, you can reach out to me directly. You can go to doourthingsnation.com. I have a uh, link there. You can also go to www.uard.university. And uh, also, it's also sponsored by Do Our Things Nation. If you like, uh, if you want to support the show, you can go grab yourself some apparel. If you want to learn more about the Next Mission Project, where we help veterans find their next mission, go to doourthingsnation.com. All right. So uh, today's guest, I'm excited to have Mark Meinke with us. Uh, here's his bio. Mark Meinke served with the Canadian Armed Forces as an infantry soldier with the 3rd Battalion uh, PPCLI and the 1st Battalion PPCLI from 1991 to 1995. He was deployed as a United Nations peacekeeper to Croatia in 1994, where he was injured by a post-traumatic stress injury. Since his release in 1995, Mark has volunteered as an adult literary literacy tutor 
a respite worker for the developmentally disabled, and a peer support facilitator for veterans and first responders. Today, he continues to serve others as the host of Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. Since its inception in August of 2019, Operation Tango Romeo has become what is perhaps the largest veteran-hosted PTSD recovery podcast in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Meinke. How you doing, brother? Howdy. So Mark and I, we crossed paths. I recently uh, did some training. We, we both did some training with uh, 22-0, and that's where I happened to uh, to run into Mark, and uh, he was a podcast host. I'm a podcast host, so I reached out and checked out the great work that he's uh, doing and extended invite. So he's humbly here to uh, share with us his story, talk about a few topics related to PTSD. And uh, so, yeah, thanks for taking the, the time to be here. I appreciate it. So tell us a little bit about how, how did you get into, how did you, what was, how did Operation Tango Romeo start? Well, I had a, my first show is when I was a real estate agent. It was uh, the Mankey Show podcast. And I figured, hey, this is a good idea. Instead of talking about real estate, because, you know, that was boring. Um, <laughs> I figured, well, I'll, I'll just provide a platform and I'll get all the local charities on and and talk to them at a time and local businesses and get their stories on. And it actually did really well. Um, I got up to about 65 episodes, which in the world of podcasting is actually a lot. Uh, very few people get there. Um, but it, it was doing good. I even started getting some s- cool celebrity guests and, uh, it was doing well right off the bat, but I was also on my mental health journey at that same time. So I had, uh, been diagnosed with, uh, PTSD and trying to figure out, well, how, how do I navigate this? And part of that is I was part of a, um, uh, peer support group and I ended up being the facilitator for the peer support group. So that, uh, was the impetus was that peer support group where people are telling me, you know, these great lessons that we're learning at, uh, at peer support, if only we could preserve them. And there was people driving two or three hours every other week just to be there. So I'm like, well, it must be pretty important if you're going to be putting in that kind of effort to join us. So I thought, well, how do I make this available to more than our, just our little group? I already had the gear, already had the Mikey show podcast. And I thought, Oh, what the heck? Uh, so I created Operation Tango Romeo, which uh, stands for trauma recovery. So Operation Trauma Recovery. And in the beginning, I just thought it was going to be an extension of peer support, which it was for the first 10 or episodes or so. Um, but then it grew. And I just kept finding more and more resources. And I'd been telling everybody else, like, hey, on your uh, website. Why don't you have a list of resources? Cause there's no list, you know, nobody knows where to go or there's no comprehensive list of all the different re- uh, retreats and resources and modalities of healing. And I kept telling other people to do it. Then I just ended up doing it. Um, so as you go through the show list, every possible modality of healing, and that's how I found the 220 group, uh, when I reached out to Dan Jarvis, um, everything I can find, I bring them to the show I talk to the founders or the facilitators, the practitioners, and talk about the different modalities of healing. Because you don't have to just go to the VA or or VAC up here, Veterans Affairs Canada, and um, go through the system as prescribed. Because that can be a bloody meat grinder and a half. I'm sure it was yeah. for me. Um, so what are the other choices? You know, if you don't want to go to the uh, operational stress injury clinic and uh, and, and go through that, what can you do? What can you 
what appeals to you? Because the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the help that you don't use doesn't help at all. So what are you willing to try? So everything I could find, and and that's the show, and it's been growing, but it's uh, it started morphing a few months ago into advocacy as well. Didn't mean it for it to, but it has, and uh, now it's. <laughs> I've been getting about a million dollars worth of free publicity of being on every show imaginable because of the advocacy that I didn't ask for, but it fell in my lap, so I'm doing it. Yeah. Well, you're doing important work. And that's one thing that I've noticed as I, as I venture, you know, my work into the veteran uh, uh, space is that I know here in the United States, there's so many great organizations out there, but it's very difficult to connect the veteran with the organization and the lack of a good directory. And uh, I've been talking to maybe as I roll this out to create directories based on the need or, you know, just to connect the veteran with the problem they want to solve with, with that. So I appreciate that you're doing that in the PTS realm. And I, and I appreciate the fact that there's not just one modality to deal with PTSD and those um, issues that, that, you know. No, it's true. And knowing where to go is always the challenge. You know, yeah. uh, there's a ton of resources up there. I forget the number, but I think in the States there's 45,000 different veteran support organizations. Like it's something redonkulous. Um, but which ones are good? Which ones are just hokey? Uh, where do you start? And uh, so I have quite a few American guests on. I, I try to have uh, the bigger organizations on, you know, uh, Nobody from the VA has been on yet. Uh, it's always the official government people that that don't want to play. You know, yeah. the, the 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 people that are supposed to be supporting veterans that don't want to actually be on a show like ours to support veterans. It's ridiculous. Yeah, why why do you think that is? Uh, bureaucracy. It's mostly yeah. careerism. You know, they're scared that they're going to say something that's going to cost them their job. And right now I've uh, thrown our veterans affairs, the entire department under the bus. And uh, because of my work, the minister of veterans affairs may very well go to jail. So I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to play with me uh, right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a sad, sad state of affairs for sure. And uh, yeah, we live, we live in this cancel culture and people are just scared to, uh, to just, and and it's frustrating because it's, we're trying to, you know, the veterans need the help, right? Um, and you alluded to something earlier, like all the different modalities that are out there. And I, I feel like when it comes to mental health, I feel like medicine has advanced tremendously. But when it comes to mental health, we're still having p- people bite down on a wooden s- spoon and saw their arm off, right? Uh, like, yeah. like well and, and, yeah. And there are some great uh, alternative modalities out there that could be beneficial for someone struggling with PTSD. How did you uh, come across 220 yourself? I came across it through uh, Dale Walls. Uh, Dale Walls is a former Marine. He's the one, he's uh, the founder of Lines Guide, which I'm a, a coach with. And he he had stumbled across Dan Jarvis somehow. I really don't know how he got connected, but he reached out to me and was like, hey, I just recently got certified as a peer coach for 220. Understand you had some issues. Would you like to go through it? And so I, I did. I did twice, one for uh, some military trauma that I had, and then some childhood trauma. And it made a really profound impact on me so much. It was such a simple process too, that I'm like, okay, I've got to learn how to do this so I can help others. 
And that simple, I, I say it's simple because it's really from a coaching perspective, easy to deliver. You don't have to dig into the, the, the PTSD, but I physically felt better after having that session. And I, I'm like, okay, this can serve some other people. What were and some so, of the symptoms that you had that cleared up? Um, I've had trouble sleeping at night. So difficulty mm-hmm. sleeping was a big one. Uh, I'd, ha- I'd, I'd just have reoccurring dreams uh, of, of things that had happened to me, you know, and, and some of the things like, you know, being on guard in public and things like that have subsided. Uh, the sleep is remarkably better for me personally. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, a big part of what my show does is trying to find the better mousetrap. And it really seems like uh might be a panacea. You know, it uh, could be that silver bullet that everybody hopes for and uh, thought that there's so many out there that think that there is no true healing from PTSD, uh, that you can only learn to manage it. That's a really well um, strongly held belief by a lot of people. The best you can do is just to manage the symptoms. And it's not true. Um, when you and I took that course with 220, we sat there and watched over two days, 25 people receive healing. Plus mm-hmm. we experienced it uh, ourselves. Now I had done a lot uh, prior to that. So I didn't have quite that same dramatic shift because of all the work I've been doing with because look at my resource list, right? I've got a lot of resources. But at the end of the day, whether it's 220 or God knows where else, um, it's healing happens. Healing happens. If you're prepared, if you have the courage and the strength to just keep going and try one more thing, try it. Uh, 220 is a form of NLP, neural linguistic programming, and it seems to work and it seems to stick. You know, you've experienced it. I have. I've seen it with others. Um, I'm certainly at more at peace because of the healing that work that I've done. You know, my kids have really noticed it. It's like, Dad, uh, when I lost that expensive piece of kit on the ski hill, uh, normally you would hit the frickin' roof. Yeah. But you just shrugged your shoulders and went, eh, it'll show up. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And they're yeah. like, well, who are you? Yeah. Who is this guy? You know, that, that's and, another uh, thing. I tend to be kind of a hothead and I feel like I've calmed down a little bit. I still have my moments, but right? I, I think that I've calmed down as well. That, that anger management, that burst of anger, like has subsided. Well, cause you, cause you've drained the trauma cup, right? Yeah. I was just watching um, an interview with uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson interviewed by his daughter. And I'm like, Oh God, Jordan, I know you're this expert, but you don't know what's happening with you right now. His cup is full. And because his cup is full, he was t- he's aware that his level of agitation and temper is really high. Uh, so he's less than pleasant to, to live with for his wife right now. Um, but it's like, yes, because your cup is full. And uh, pick a 22-0 coach. We can help you drain that cup yeah. to knock, knock the head off that dragon, you know. Um, we, we can help you. Uh, and could you imagine somebody with that kind of pedigree, uh, some guy with a two day course <laughs> and he goes, holy shit, that worked. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. The, the, the interesting thing is how simple that process is. It's yeah. almost like, it's almost too good to be true. Uh, but as you said, we experienced, uh, you know, I've experienced it myself and even the people I was coaching there who I had not even 
known before because I've, I've coached a couple of people since that I that I knew, but going through that process with a couple of people that I had I had never met until that day, and they received healing immediately was quite profound. That really. I'm actually uh, having trouble getting anybody to agree to let me run them through the process, which is funny because I used to be a sales trainer, but I'm not like, I'm not using any of my uh, moves or techniques. I'm just, I'm trying to gently say, this is what I've done. And uh, you'd really help me out if you could let me practice, you know, yeah, it's uh, I promise it's not invasive, but uh, so far no takers. So I'm going to run my own kids through it. Um, I, they've been blessed to not have a very traumatic life, but it doesn't matter who you are. If you run through the, um, the two main protocols, uh, of that's offered by 22.0, it helps you be uninhibited in your life. Like that, it breaks that glass ceiling. It uh, gets rid of those boat anchors so that you can move through your life with less restrictions. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd, I'd like to say too, though, Jay, it's not, um, it's not a one and done. Um, yeah. Okay. So now your, your, your trauma has gone. You're no longer a slave to your trauma and, and all these really problematic symptoms have abated, but now what? Now you've got to learn to be this new you without these restrictions, without, um, I'm not going to call them excuses, but without any restrictions, right? The things that used to slow you down before don't slow you down, but you got used to being that person living in that box with those restrictions. Mm-hmm. You got used to saying, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. Well, that's all gone now. Now fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, and that's where all the, these books on life, co- what you do, you know, with, with life coaching, uh, setting and achieving goals, um, creating new habits in your life. Uh, you got to create the new you now. Yeah. So, um, getting your trauma released is critical, but that's just step one. Yeah. 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 The, that's, that's what, um, like, like you said, I think people, that's where I focus my energy is helping people reinvent themselves and helping them achieve their highest potential and pushing themselves outside of their comfort zone. I think you're absolutely right. It's, we can't use this as a, an excuse. Well, I wouldn't say it's an excuse, but we can't let this, we don't have, this isn't holding us back anymore. And who am I as a person now? And, and, and helping you reinvent to the next, the the best version of yourself, I think is critically important. I've started, uh, I've published two books and the big book is the one I'm working on now. So sorry. Um, and, and I've started with probably five different titles, five different angles. It's all on my Google Docs, you know, like, nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. And um, I finally got it, but I just, I'm not there yet to to finish it. And it's going to be called Romeo Root, a Warrior's Guide to Recovery. Based on the, the name of my show, Operation Tangle Romeo. So, um Romeo route, recovery route, but I'm trying to figure out the interplay of 22-0 and then the now what, <laughs> because there, there, there's crossover because some of the now what um, of rebuilding your life creates healing. It creates both coping and healing by how you choose to live your life, by creating positive habits, uh, permanent habits in your life as a, for instance, um, my oldest son started learning 
Russian on um, Duolingo. And I thought, shit, what a go-getter. You just do it. That's great. Uh, so it inspired me to finally get off the pot and learn French. You know, I've been uh, uh, farting around uh, with the idea for my whole life, and I finally committed. Now I'm over two years, and uh, every single day in a row, every day I learn a little bit of French. And then I realized, you know, I don't, re- I really don't want to get dementia. Both my parents are about 85, and I can see the, the signs is starting. They go, oh boy. Um, so I've decided that every day for the rest of my life, I'm going to spend five to 20 minutes or more learning another language. So when I'm finally fluent in French and I'm thinking, okay, I'm there now, I'm going to uh, pick another language and I'm just going to keep going. And that's not going to end until the day I'm dead. Uh, that's that's outstanding. And uh, that kind of goes with one of the teachings that I talk about. There's a great book called The Slight Edge, where it talks about just the compounding interest of doing something positive every single day. You know, over time, you're going to master this language, you know, just by spending five to 10 minutes a day consistently with a sense of consistency. And that goes with any positive habit that you can put in your life. And conversely, any negative habit in your life, you spend five or 10 minutes or more doing something negative and you're going to have, you know, over the long haul, you're going to have some negative impacts. That's outstanding. Well, one of the great barriers, and it's a monologue show that I want to do, but one of the greatest barriers to achieving anything is um, people are focused on the result. And a lot of the goal setting coaching tells us to focus on the result and, I disagree. Um, What I learned when I was a sales trainer was to focus on your habits, to focus Mm -hmm. on your behaviors. And we very, very simple. I just had a little recipe cards. And every week I just use little ticks for every phone call that I made or whatever the different behaviors were, right? I'd set my, my weekly goal for how many of this and how many of the 10 of these and four of those and how many meetings. And, um, so not the results, it was the behavior. How much of the actual behavior am I doing on a regular basis? And on our weekly performance meeting, it wasn't how many sales did you get? It's let's have a look at your behaviors. Mm-hmm. And you know what? <laughs> I ended up, um, because I focused on that, it wasn't the only thing I did. I mean, I, I told myself I was going to be the Wayne Gretzky of this and I was going to be this superstar. Well, son of a bitch, we, we go to uh, Baltimore for the awards and there's people from 29 countries uh, showing, showing up. I was the only new guy on the stage collecting award out of 29 countries, the only one. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> nailed it. Uh, so that's pretty cool. But it was focusing on the behaviors. It was focusing on the things that I know I need to be doing, detaching from the result. And then the result just happened. Yeah. It reminds me of the book. Have you ever read the book, uh, The 12-Week Year? No, I haven't. You, you would appreciate that. I've had the author on uh, the podcast, but it was a it's a tactical guide of how you, how you plan and basically working in 12-week cycles. But to your point, instead of looking at the goal constantly, you, you identify the goal as your objective, and then you identify the tactics you're going to do on a daily basis to achieve that goal. And every 12 weeks, if you didn't hit that goal after implementing the tactic, instead of throwing the goal out, replacing the goal, you adjust the tactic. So if your goal is to, you know, lose 20 pounds, instead of just going to the gym and just trying to lose weight, like, okay, your, your, your tactic is I'm going to go to the gym, you know, four times a week. I'm going to exercise for at least 60 minutes per session. 
at the end of 12 weeks, if you haven't hit that, then instead of like, well, trying to just throwing everything out and going with something else, maybe you increase that to five days a week in the next 12 um, weeks. And, and so to, to your point, it's about the tactics and the behaviors of what, and, and being able to measure that. And are you showing up with consistency? The, um, the barrier for why people don't get started, there's a couple of them. One is eating the elephant, right? Uh, all they see is the elephant and they're not realizing the one bite of uh, at a time analogy and how critical that is and how just like a little drip, drip, drip eventually will fill an Olympic size swimming pool. But it's it just looks like a tiny little drip. It looks like nothing. It looks insignificant. But given up enough time, it'll fill an Olympic swimming pool. And uh, so de- just trusting in the drip, trusting that that drip, drip, drip will get there. That's the key. Absolutely. You know, just trust in the drip and make that little drip, drip, drip happen. Um, this is why, and, and it's funny, all the people that poo-poo it, but anybody that's served in the military know, knows about uh, having to make their bed perfectly, you know, with their, uh, if they were combat arms, with their rifle all sprayed out in a very specific way <laughs> all laid out on the bed whistle clean and and your locker with the shirts just perfect well there's reasons for that it's it's not just getting you used to attention to detail it's more it's decluttering your mind because if everything in your possession is organized then your mind is organized um when you go into the home of somebody who that the house is just a bloody disaster, there's uh, unwashed laundry all over the floor and toys and garbage. It looks like a bloody landfill site, like a bomb went off. Um, when you go into that person's home, you have to understand that's the inside of their mind. That's their self-esteem. You're seeing an outward projection of who they are or who they feel that they are. Right. And, I remember Bob Proctor once shared the story of a guy saying, I just feel so stuck in life. I feel so stuck. What does your garage look like? What What are you talking about? Well, it's an unholy mess. Yeah. Go clean up your garage and and then come talk to me. What? What are you talking about? I, I need some life advice here, Bob. Go clean up your garage, make it perfect. And I'm not going to talk to you until you do it. So he does it. And this great big jumble gets all cleaned up. Then he goes to talk to Bob. But Bob, so much has changed since I spoke to you last. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the magic is, is um, what is outside is also inside. And what is inside is also outside. It's, it's a two-way mirror. And if you break that nasty negative feedback cycle and go and clean up the garage, clean up the house, declutter, take great big piles out of your closet and donate it, minimalize, uh, get rid of uh, clutter and garbage and keep things clean and polished. It clean, it does that to your mind. And one of the reasons is that uh, anybody who has a messy uh, garage, the tools and all that, Oh, Hey, don't touch that. I have a system. I know where everything is. Well, that causes you stress without you being aware of it. Because your mind is keeping track of a thousand different items that are, uh, this is tucked under here and this is over here because that makes sense. And instead of having it organized and things in a drawer and lined up and alphabetized and everything else, they're just all in random places. And your brain is keeping track of all that crap. 
Uh, so it's like your your phone is has a thousand apps open all at the same time. How does your phone perform with all those apps open? Not very well, right? So you organize it, you clear it out, and um, or you defrag the hard drive if people still do that. <laughs> and um, it, it, and it matters. All of a sudden, your anxiety, your stress, all of it is just reduced significantly because there's no clutter. There's less yeah. to keep track of. And if yeah. you're a minimalist, you have less less stuff to worry about. Yeah, it reduces your decision fatigue and, and all of those things. I think mm. Jordan, we were talking about Jordan Peterson earlier. I think you want to you want to want to change the world. You got to start off by cleaning your house or something like that. He says, "Make your goddamn bed." Yeah, yeah, it starts with making your bed, right? And it's the little things like that make a big. Uh, I I was talking. I actually had a session this morning uh, with a client, and we were talking about that. He's talking about being stressed and how. Uh, he's a simple thing. He's a very task oriented, uh, guy. It's pretty well, got his life together for the most part, but when he, uh, he's an entrepreneur and he's active duty military and talking about like, uh, making, he needs to make his bed more. His wife gets up, he gets up earlier than his wife. And I'm like, well, that's simple. You, she needs to make the bed too. The last one out of the bed needs to make their bed. But that's that, what we do but in our house. Yeah. Indicator of, of your, your life in general, uh, starts there. And then you finish the day, uh, going, crawling into that, bed as well. So is it made or unkept? Because I tell you, when it's unkept and I got to crawl in there, I just feel like the worst days of my life are the most challenging days of my life are when I'm not making my bed. It's something that sounds simple and trivial, but it's absolutely true. Well, the argument is always, well, nobody sees it. So what's the point? Nobody sees it but me. That is the freaking point. That is the the whole (laughs) point because it's an act of self-respect. It's an act of self-respect. If you're the only person that sees it, that means you're doing it just for you. You are respecting yourself. It's an act of self-respect. That's why it's so important. I love it. I love it. So uh, going back to different modalities with PTSD, for someone that's listening and they've tried the old true, you know, going into the therapist office and talking about their their traumas. And it's, it's just, I know for a lot of people it can be quite frustrating. It, it, you have to relive the trauma over and over again, and it's not yeah. quite therapeutic and you're looking for something different. What modalities have you found that uh, could be an alternative to that? Well, back to 22 zero, um, you don't have to relive the traumas with, uh, with that form of neuro-linguistic programming. Um, you have to remember all the different variables too. Like when you go to a talk therapist, are they any good? No, are, are are they doing the, if they're doing ART, are they doing it right? I had the same therapist for about four years through um, the V that the VA uh, back offered and uh, she was doing it wrong. So I got worse instead of better. I, um, when I was in a war zone, I hit a tripwire. And I'm the only guy I know that hit a tripwire without going boom. And uh, in 22-0, you don't got to relive, relive that moment. I mean, it's a pretty intense thing. You you feel that tripwire hit your shin. And you're like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's different than a near death experiment experience. It was, uh, oh, I'm this is this is it. Like I I really thought that was my last moment. Like big big bright flash and <laughs> see it on the other side if there is one. And, uh, I really thought I was, uh, in my last moment. So it was a death experience, not a, not a near death. And, um, she had me relive that microsecond for about 18 hours in total. 
And, and what do you know? I couldn't get through it. <laughs> and then I go to um, 22 It's done in eight minutes. Uh, it's it, ridiculous. And I'm, I'm comfortable talking about that story now. Mm. But uh, so you don't have to tra- re-traumatize. You don't have to relive it to process it. Um, you just don't. Psychedelic therapy, um, that is becoming more and more accessible. Uh, in the States, it's becoming more like Colorado, uh, California. There's, there's places where it's, you don't have to break the law to do psychedelic therapy. So that's good. Um, just doing it on your own is okay, but it's not the same as doing it with a guide with a proper guide. Now there is no certification body (laughs) that, uh, for shamans, right? Uh, so you kind of have to go off of, uh, what you've heard, go on the social evidence, see what people are saying, you know, go on a recommendation, uh, but have a shaman or equivalent thereof. And if you think that sounds woo woo and you're rolling your eyes, Hey, embrace the woo woo, man. It's some of the best stuff that works. Um, I have found tremendous help with psilocybin mushrooms which uh, you can, you don't have to have a psychedelic experience with the psilocybin. It is now shown quite strongly in the science that you can microdose. So microdose away. Uh, For more conventional therapies, there's something called reconsolidation therapy. Um, There's ketamine therapies, which is also psychedelics, but under the, under medical guidance with psychologists or psychiatrists. Um, It tends to be a multi-week program, but once you're through that program uh, up here in Calgary, I'm in Alberta, Canada. So I'm just south of uh, Calgary, Alberta. And there's a couple of different ketamine clinics, all run by doctors. Um, and, and you go for a couple hours a day for a few weeks, whatever it is. I haven't been through it yet. And at the other side of things, you're good. And at least a lot better. And that, if you are really suffering, if you're acute, um, I always suggest finding a ketamine clinic because it's more aggressive. You know, it's it's not aggressive when you're there. Like, it's not like this aggressive thing you have to endure. It's aggressive in so far as uh, more results in a shorter period of time. So if you want to go with doctors and do this, you know, semi-official route, um, get into a ketamine clinic. Yeah, you'll You'll get more there for sure. Um, equine assisted therapy. Now this has been made fun of by Hollywood and, uh, um, but, and again, are you doing it right? (laughs) Are you good practitioners? Are you not good practitioners? So again, like go on recommendations, uh, Google reviews, that sort of things. But I can tell you, I have learned wonderful things because, uh, and have increased my self-awareness considerably as a direct result of equine assisted therapy. And my wife and I are at, I are at the end of the month here, we're doing a couple's equine assisted therapy. So it's going to help us connect better. And um, I have a happy marriage, but this is going to help even more. And um, looking forward to it. So big, big believer in the horses. <laughs> yeah. it's in, and it has, um, uh, if people think, Oh, my, my assistance dog or my support dog, two different things, different things, different lessons. It's apples and oranges. So uh, you cannot replace or supplement one with the other. 
Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things, kind of going back to your point about the psychedelics, the ayahuasca, but you've got to do it. I, I have one friend that did it once with, uh, he did it with, in a, I guess, in a house full of people with not a properly, I don't know if shamans are properly trained, but very inexperienced. And it wasn't a very good experience. But then he also went down to one that had a really good reputation down in Mexico and had a life-changing experience and couldn't now cannot recommend it enough. And uh, like you said, there's a lot of research and science behind it now that's saying that it's definitely a, 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 a potentially good strategy uh, to help you uh, with, with uh, you know, re- rewiring the brain, if you will, right, in a positive well, way. It, all these experiences offer you lessons, but then you have to start with, am I ready for that lesson? What's my, what's my mindset? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not going to magically change you if you're not ready for that change. If you're not ready to accept the lesson, then it's going to fall flat. Mm. Right. Um, I, you hear of people like Will Smith, who's done 30 or 40 ayahuasca journeys. Well, if it's so healing, what the hell? <laughs> like, how come it didn't work in one or two? You know, let's put this 30 or 40 stuff. And I know a couple other people that are uh, in the high numbers. I, I haven't mm. done one yet. I'd really like to, though. Um, but are you ready for that lesson? So you have to really examine yourself going in and after. Like, am I open-minded? Uh, am I yeah. pig-headed? Uh, am, am I willing to change Am I, am I willing to learn? That's an excellent point that goes with nearly anything, especially as, you know, as I work with clients and coaching, some people are just not ready to change. They like the idea of change. They're just not open-minded and ready to receive and execute and do what's needed to be done. What's the old saying that the the two things people hate the most, uh, the way things are and change. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so I love the uh, the alternative um, methods uh, for so someone's listening. You want to try something different, and uh, I appreciate the fact that uh, that you said with all of your previous experiences because we hadn't spoken since then that you you believe that twenty two zero and that training is is um, up there is is a, a, a solid option. It's right at the top of the list. Yeah. Um, I need to get more volunteers to accept uh, me running them through the protocols. Um, it's funny to me that even with my credibility because of my show and my network, I figured uh, I, they'd be beaten down my door. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much. Why do you think that is? Why, what do you think? What do you think the block is there? Cause I've experienced similar. The two things people hate most, <laughs> the way things are and change. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, so I, I keep asking people to listen to 216. Uh, that's the episode I had Dan Jarvis on, you know, so that's over a year ago. I'm at 272 or something now. But, uh, and Pam Arnell is going to be on uh, later this month. So she's okay. the other 220 person. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's worth a shot. And I, I, I promise it doesn't hurt. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not painful to go through. Yeah, so there's, there's it doesn't no, take a lot of time. No, it doesn't take a lot of time. It's not a meat grinder. You're not re-traumatized. Um, if you can find a 22-0 coach, uh, uh, give it a whirl yeah. <laughs> because it's um, it's definitely worth your time and yeah. it's 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 not going to waste your time. Well, for those listening, you got two 22-0 coaches right here in the flesh <laughs> waiting to receive if you're ready you're for wait, change. Waiting to receive. Yeah, we'll help you out. There's yeah. uh, uh, And I, I think is, is the rule, Jay, that we're not allowed to charge? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't charge. I think that's the rule. 
Yes, correct. Yeah, and there's uh, only three of us in Canada, <laughs> so we need to get get a few people through the protocol and and experience it themselves, so that they go, oh, geez, that was uh, that worked, son of a gun, and then sign up for the next um, for the next course so that they can do it and and help others. Um, the, uh, the one thing I wanted to talk to you about, cause it caught my eye as I was looking through your podcast and listening to a couple episodes and which was really weird because I was telling you before we, we hopped on the show today to record that I watched a movie called plan 75. And the premise of it is the Japanese government has an abundance of elderly people and, uh, for cost saving measures, you can join this program and, Essentially, it's it's assisted suicide, right? And they give you they give you X amount of money. They help you with your family, blah blah blah. And it's just a you know just a way to peacefully end your end your life on your terms. And I felt uneasy watching it. It felt kind of weird, you know. And I'm like, oh, cool, it's just a TV show. And then I listened to your podcast. I happened to you know catch that episode about the Maid program. And you know, I know this is some of the um, work that you're doing now and the conversations you're having. Could you tell us a little bit of uh, those that are south of the border, what the MAID program is? Sure. So uh, MAID stands for Medically Assisted in Dying. It just means assisted suicide. It's euthanasia. And I did. I was not aware of it until August of last year. Um, but now I'm up to my eyeballs in it. Uh, so how I got involved is a veteran came to me with audio that he recorded of a phone call he had with Veterans Affairs Canada of them apologizing to him for offering him assisted suicide when he was asking for help. Uh, So I had hoped and prayed that this was a one-off, but more people started coming forward. And I've had more conversations with more veterans and um, it's probably dozens and dozens, but I've personally spoken with uh, three and, and know of at least seven or eight uh, veterans who have been offered assisted suicide during a phone call with Veterans Affairs. And the other uh, thing that the Minister of Veterans Affairs was saying, oh, it was only one rogue caseworker, just one. Yeah, well, I know that's a that's just not true. That's pants on fire. Um, there has to be a minimum of five, five caseworkers that I am aware of for sure. And if it was five, it was policy. So they're backpedaling saying, it was not policy. It never was. It never will be. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And uh, now they're in cover their ass mode. And I'm still working to get more whistleblowers to come forward. Hopefully um, people that actually worked at Veterans Affairs uh, that knew about this, uh, get a copy of the memo, (laughs) something. Uh, But uh, I'm still pushing for it uh, and encouraging people to come forward to me. Um, And there is a, uh, a police investigation that's now been opened. The minister says that he opened one, but he didn't. And I knew he didn't because I'm the star witness and nobody's called me. So I went down to the local police station uh, of the Royal Canadian Mountain police, Mounted Police and I opened my own. So uh, it's coming. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing the digging now and we're trying to get to the bottom of it. And I'm a bit of a honey badger. I'm yeah. not, not going to stop. So is, uh, I'm going is- to keep going. Is, is that is medically assisted suicide um, available for the masses in oh, yeah. Canada? It is. Okay. I didn't, yeah. I'm not, I'm we, not familiar we, with the law up there. When it first uh, opened up. So I've, I've learned a fair bit about it since um, 
when it first opened up, the idea was, well, okay, it's only for the terminally ill and, and chronic pain, you know, untreatable pain. I said, well, that seems reasonable. You know, um, if your dog, you put down your dog or you shoot a horse, if like, if you can't fix them, it's better than suffering. So that seemed reasonable, but the slippery slope started almost instantly. And it has gone into bizarro land. Like people are going to say, oh, you're a QAnon conspiracy theorist. Like, no, no, I'm not. This is actually in writing. If you go to Made Canada and you look at who qualifies for MAID, um, they're pushing right now. And because of the work I've been doing, uh, they finally paused this push. In March of this year, it was scheduled to be opened up with zero barriers. So open up for mental health um, for anybody. Mm -hmm. And as young as the age of 12 is what people Whoa. have been pushing for. 12 12 and 16 years old without parental consent without so, parental without parental consent? consent so imagine uh you see you, you pack a lunch for your 16 year old they get on the bus and then um uh you, you're looking out the window you see the bus your kid doesn't freaking get off the bus well where's my kid and a couple of days later uh somebody calls you well we killed him and apparently, I feel physically like uneasy. Like I just feel. Well, it's lost. already happened. It's, um, uh, I, I, I haven't verified this one yet, but I just learned earlier today that a 17 year old has already done it. So like, where the hell's my kid? Hey, my kid's missing. Where's my kid? Then they get a phone call. Well, we killed your kid. And wow. it's already happened to a 17 year old is what I was told earlier today. That is not verified. I have to verify that, but um, that that's where it's at right now. Uh, and they say, well, it, it's not uh, available for mental health until March. And now it says, oh, no, we're not going to do that now. Um, we're going to slow down the bus. But there's people that already have. So if you, that means that you killed them illegally. Like, never mind the moral. Like, it's it's actually illegal to kill somebody for mental health. And yet it's happened. And I know it's happened. Uh, there was a fella, uh, April 24th and uh, on vancouver island so just north of seattle and he was 24 years old he was missing an eye and had some depression he's dead now wow. because he was missing an eye and had some depression there's no chronic pain there's no uh impending doom of like a terminal illness yeah. he, he was just he just wanted to step off the planet and they said sure wow. there's doctors that are going for their personal best and bragging about it, you know, it's like, we're going to increase these numbers every month, personal best every month. We're going to uh, put more people through, kill more people. Doctors are supposed to help people, not kill them. Killing them for treatable things is not help. It's the opposite of help. It's freaking diabolical, but that's what's happening. Wow. Uh, that's hard for me to process. I, I had no idea that that was happening. And, uh, that's disturbing, <laughs> incredibly disturbing. Well, it's, it's like a bunch of Dr. Morgenthalers out there or uh, Mangalas. You know, um, there, there's something about that profession that attracts sociopaths and psychopaths. Um, and they're probably not even aware that they're sociopaths or psychopaths, but they're just detached from, they're so arrogant, some of them, so incredibly arrogant that uh, they see that this is a great profit model. Like I, I need to, part of the digging I'm doing, I don't, I want to find out how much a doctor gets paid for killing somebody, how much yeah, they get paid for made. I got to find that number. Um, cause I bet you it, it's pretty good. I bet you 
my my assumption from what I've seen is that it's it's uh, a better profit model than just treating somebody for that five minute um, uh, doctor's appointment that people get. They they probably get paid double or triple, I'm guessing. But I need yeah. to verify that and figure that out. It's just easier for everybody. If you just have this element, we'll just take care of it. You just go to sleep, never wake up. Yeah, you're a burden on society. Yeah, you're done. Well, that that plan 75 that i watched is right up there just with the elderly and it's creepy and uh it's wow uh and 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 kind of with the if 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 that's the that's just so incredibly disappointing on the lowest possible level if that's how we're going to view mental health and that's 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 the way ahead right that's that's the method that's the uh that's how we're going to solve this problem. Um, well, there's documented cases and uh, they've been interviewed and on the news uh, right now of people that are told, look, um, you're too expensive. We're going to kick you out of this yeah. uh, public housing. So you're going to end up homeless and that's that. So they're, they're going to get killed by maid, not because they want to die. They don't want to die. They want help, but the help isn't there and they don't want to be homeless. So their choice is we'll kill you or you're going to live on the streets. And there's people choosing, then kill me. So we're literally killing homeless people. There's another fella uh, in the hospital, cost $1,600 a day to keep him there. And he, and he recorded the conversation with the doctor saying, you know, you cost us like 1600 bucks a day. Have you ever considered this uh, medically assisted in dying? Oh man. You know, because you're fucking expensive. Yeah. Oh, that's like something out of a horror movie. Now, and, now if that's uh, not a sociopath, China. if that's not a sociopath or a psychopath uttering those words, like how else do you describe that? Of course, that's a psychopath, but a psychopath is wearing a white jacket and we've been taught to worship people with uh, yeah. medical degrees. Yeah. And they have a God complex and, oh yeah. man. Wow. Well, well, I, um, I, I have a hard time <laughs> after that. My, my thought, I have 14 year old daughters. I have triplet daughters and just that whole getting off the bus one day and not, uh, you know, not coming back. That's terrifying. That's absolutely terrifying. And this is all, this is very horrific. Uh, so I, I applaud the work that you're doing as you investigate, uh, this and, um, I'm looking forward to, uh, I mean, I'm going to, be keeping an eye uh, on it and uh, following your journey as you, um, as you do your work to help uncover this. Cause this is, it's tragic and uh, more something else. And we're, we're trying to get an external investigation going right uh, now for veterans affairs, Canada, because there's, <laughs> it's the Fox guarding the hen house right now. They're, oh, we're, we're investigating. You can't investigate yourself. You yeah. know, it's like a guy knocks over to the Seven Eleven and says, oh, I'm going to investigate, find out who did that. It's like OJ Simpson. I'm looking for the real killer. <laughs> is like, is this okay, a popular buddy. policy? Like, is it supported just the, the made program in general by the, the populace up there? There's a children's book by Health Canada promoting made. A freaking children's book. Where they can so, indoctrinate the youth as an option as they get older and be okay with yeah, it. Yeah. They're, so they're planting those seeds in children that this is a great way to go. Die with dignity. They're telling kids how to die. Children. Yeah. It's so, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the 
I, I swear, you know, the craziest guy of all, uh, uh, Alex Jones, he's right more than he's wrong. You know, he was talking about this stuff, uh, 10, 15 years ago. And here we are. It's like, how did you know? Like it's actually happening. Yeah. That, that, that guy, that wing nut is right. So maybe he's not such a wing nut after all. Yeah. It's almost like something that would be like on the onion or something like that. And even then oh, yeah. it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's wow. Yeah. Well, I had no idea that was going on. So thank you for the the education there. Um, and um, it makes, yeah, as soon as I like get some time, I want to like look into this because I, I had no idea that that was happening. And that's. Uh, well, it's, it's part of the, um, <laughs> and not to get into politics. I mean, I've been on both sides of the aisle. Um, and once I had one time I was uh, uh, a socialist. I, I was a card carrying member of the socialist party in Canada called the NDP um, voted for Jack Layton uh, years ago. So, I mean, I've been all over the map and now I'm more conservative leaning for sure. But the, the liberals aren't liberals anymore. They've left, they've left the reservation, man. Like uh, they've turned into this radical, radical group that do nothing but scream and yell if you disagree with them. And um, they're the ones pushing for uh, assisted assistance and dying for anybody and promoting it and pushing it like it's bonkers. Yeah. Well, we have same with politics down, down South here, both parties have kind of left the reservation a little bit, if you will. So, uh, but um, we don't have this particular topic yet. Which I wish I wasn't using that term. It sounds racist (laughs) as as hell. I got to, I got to find a different way of expressing that, uh, that particular um, uh, term, but um, people have gone, have lost their sense. They've lost yeah. their minds yeah. and, and they can't see it. Yeah. Well, I know we're both up against a hard stop here because we both have uh, other podcast um, commitments. Are we had an hour but, already, Jay. Uh, we're, we're at an hour. So, um, well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to, uh, to be on today. I had fascinating conversation uh, about all topics on PTSD. We appreciate the work that you're doing. How can people uh, get in contact with you? Well, uh, probably the easiest way is through the website that is usually up and working, uh, Operation Tango Romeo or Operation Trauma Recovery.org, Operation Trauma Recovery.org, uh, or my Facebook page, both my personal uh, Facebook page and the Operation Tango Romeo Facebook page. Um, for the podcasts, uh, all, the, all the usual suspects, Spotify, Google, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Spotify is probably the easiest and, and gets there the quickest. And, uh, also I'm somewhere on YouTube. I don't really, uh, uh, man that page very much, but I, I live stream onto YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, all these places. Awesome. Well, if, uh, I asked my audience, if they gained any value, go, go follow Mark, what he's doing, you're doing important work. And uh, I'll definitely be uh, subscribing and listening to your podcast because uh, just a few that I've listened to were fascinating. So I appreciate the work that you're doing. Fan of the podcast. Appreciate you taking the time being here today. Thanks for helping me do hard things. Absolutely. So for everyone out there, hey, keep doing hard things. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you're notified of future episodes. I would also love to know, what is your takeaway? What what insight did you get from today's episode? You can screenshot this, send it to me on social, post it on social, tag me. And when you share like that, someone else, someone else 
out there may need to hear this message today. Only 10% of people are engaged in personal growth and development. And uh, there could be a nugget here that could put someone in a positive trajectory. So feel free to share that, tag me in it, send me a direct message, send me an email, let me know what your thoughts are. And you can you can connect with me on all social media. You can send me an email at j at jtx.com. Take a moment, leave a review on iTunes. No matter if you're listening to Spotify or any other platform, like iTunes, I guess, is the gold standard for, uh, for reviews. And it really goes a long way for uh, the algorithm, for people searching for personal growth and development. And it helps us go a long way. means a lot to me that you took a couple minutes to do them. I, I, you know, read through all of them and, you know, it, it just feels good knowing that, uh, that this show is impactful. So if you gain any value, it just has to, uh, that you do that. Um, if you want to level up, you want to take the next step in your personal growth and development, you can go to jtigs.com, J-A-Y-T-I-E-G-S.com. We've got a variety of options. We've got one-on-one coaching, high-performance coaching through the High Performance Institute, certified high-performance coach. We've got a few different curriculums that I take people through. I also do group coaching. If you have an organization that needs a speaker or you want a live workshop, I can come in and deliver some training to you and your organization. We also have the uh, exclusive Forge Mastermind Group that is uh, an elite community of like-minded people that are growing together. And uh, we have a weekly call there. And uh, we're going to be rolling out new content for that. And then also we got apparel. So the uh, you know we've got to go to dohardthingsapparel.com. It's your Do Hard Things shirt. Show the world that you do hard things. We got hoodies over there. We got hats. We got we got stickers. We got patches. A variety of different things, and we got a, a variety of different models uh, coming out. So, uh, go, go you can show the world that you do hard things, and you can go over there and support us that way. That'd be great. So, in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Keep doing hard things. We'll see you guys in the next episode.